hear me? In the garage with phonetic and brains. Easy geezer. Yes, mate. Good to see you. How's things? Yeah. Ah, uh, you know, weekend vibes. Um, kind of just that, just getting into things post-Christmas, you know. I know it's been a while away now, but, you know, February's really that one where your life starts to begin again, you know. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plodding on, as you say. Busy, busy. No power outages, so I can't complain about that. I know a lot of people have been without power, haven't they, the past 24 hours? These mad, oh, huge storm things. Yes, Madness. yes. Pretty bonkers, pretty bonkers. We had a few few branches down. Anyway, uh, this is the brains. This is live the forecast. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's the brains live on BBC Weather, uh, and also live <laughs> from the Brains Cave. And I am Phonetics here to chat shit about garage and bass for the next hour. It's all good. Happy, happy days. Happy yeah, days. It's, it's um, it's been a bit of a. I'm not going to say slow start to the year. There's obviously been like there's been there's been stuff coming out. Um, but you can see that people, I think, it was just dumping stuff into into distributors at Christmas and just getting as much out as possible so that it's they can always hibernate. the way isn't it yeah kick, kick goes mad end of December uh, end of November start of December and then there's like a little bit of a lot I mean it was still there was still a fair amount coming out throughout Christmas and New Year relative to normal but yeah it definitely slowed up a bit and then January kind of went a bit mad again towards the end of January didn't it with right we've got loads of shit we held back let's get it all out and yeah so there's been a bit of wading going on um, yeah but I must say I mean I've got I've got quite a solid 10 that, that are really decent so the, the levels are there um garage continuing as it left off in 2021 so, yeah i think we've got to wait good. for like what's always interesting is kind of the um like march april may time when you start to get the people that decided at the new year no i'm doing it this year this is my thing this year i'm back <laughs> on this you might have a few come out of retirement um you might have a few that feel like they've got to step up their game and then you'll see all their releases start to hit around that kind of time and then it'll be, how long do they hang around for? It's always an interesting one to me. The other thing with spring as well is I think a lot of people kind of aim to get their summer anthem out in spring. So it's got a little bit of legs by the time summer rolls around and is established for those summer raves. So you start to get those kind of summery tunes as well. You know, there's like an influx of, like you say, people kind of really hammering it. And there's an influx of people going, right, I've got a big one. I've got a big one. I've got to time this right for summer. So we've got a busy couple of months ahead, basically, is what we're saying then, eh? It's going to be mad next month. Just waiting someone to clip out that bit, you shouting, I've got a big one, I've got a big one. Um, should be quite interesting. <laughs> All right. Should we, uh, should we jump into the, uh, the top three showdown? Uh, every show we start off with our uh, top three favourite tunes from the last month. What is your number one pick uh, for, for this month? I don't want anyone to get shitty with me because yes, I know this tune has been around a little while. This is this has actually kind of been around since the tail end of last year, kind of autumn. But it just saw a re-release on an EP that Ragtime have put out, uh, and it's just such a fucking vibe. We didn't talk about it when it when it first dropped. Uh, it had to be done this time around, and hopefully, it puts a few people in the direction of Duke Skellington. Uh, this one is Future Swing Time Machine, and I love it. Hit play, please. <laughs> Right 
quality production going on there, mate. Oh man, what a vibe that 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 drop. I mean, I allow the argument. I, there, there'll be people going, "That's not garage," but I would argue there are elements in that which make it more garage than some of the kind of really dark and gritty baseline heavy stuff that people are kind of getting hyped for in garage nights. So you know, we all, we do we do tag this as garage and bass, right? So I, I feel like this track kind of falls into an arena that kind of satisfies both mediums. But um, it's just such it's such a wicked feel good vibe. I feel like you could, but I, I hear that and I just imagine being at a festival and just that build up and that drop kicking and there just being a whole lot of hands in the air and a whole lot of people with their dirty faces going do you know what I mean because it's just yeah by the time it builds and builds and builds by the time it drops I'm just so ready to just jump up I almost jumped up and just started skanking out but uh, it was only knowing that I'd look like a total prick if I didn't stop me uh, the top marks to Duke Skellington it's, it's, so it's taken from a free track EP on Ragtime um, Ragtime are smashing it at the minute because I think if I'm not mistaken you raised a Cat Jan tune a few months ago that we discussed and I think that was out on Ragtime as well wasn't it yeah it's this whole kind of I mean swing bass isn't a new thing but it's like it's definitely like an emerging thing that's really kind of getting some legs um, I feel in more recent times uh, and I feel Ragtime are killing it with these these releases and, and this is a prime example of it it's three track EP every track on there's banging this one was just my pick of the bunch because it just makes me so fucking goddamn happy that I just felt it was worth shouting about and uh, yeah yeah uh, Top marks, ragtime. Top marks, Duke's getting to. There, there's a lot. There's definitely like so much going on in that track. As it's kind of like there's even the build up. I swear I could hear like a sly little oboe in there, like just getting a little punch. Like you know, there's all like these crazy little swing elements they've put in. And um, yeah, I, I love just the, the the switches, the creativeness, the bass sound. It's got like a nice warm bass sound, um, but then it, it's got that dirty newer bass sound. It's a bit of a weird kind of mashup of a probably like 2080 sounding garage with the new like I don't know what you'd call that the, the dubstep inspired dirt yeah the, gr- the gritty kind of techie kind of bass I think because it's got those elements it, it, that's part of the reason it ticks a whole lot of boxes you know I mean for, for start like you get that kind of that, that, that brass heavy kind of swing vibe um, you put it in the context of a, a kind of an urban dance track it's going to kind of make you smile because it's kind of out of context almost isn't it uh, and then you layer it up like you say with those kind of intricate those layers in it um, yeah it's just it's just built in sorry I jumped in no into it's fine mate. I've is, gushed enough it's, this, is, this is a discussion this is not a dictatorship um, yeah I, the build up's quite long I will, it, did, it did go on a bit I'm not, I'm not going to lie I thought I was hoping it was going to drop a bit quicker than that um, but you know in a rave that may just build anticipation I was going to say, is that a criticism of the track, though, or is that just our short attention spans that we, we routinely display in 2022? Because you're kind of, like we talked about before, right, with track lengths, I think we touched it last month, didn't we? Mm. You've kind of become accustomed to listening to these tracks that drop within 15 or 30 seconds, because that's how a lot of tracks are designed, isn't it? Specifically for that streaming market. Um, and they're actually, like, you talk about that track being really drawn out, but it probably it's not at all when you compare it to the old speed garage like some of those speed garage tracks had gone for two two and a half minutes before they actually dropped wouldn't they and i think like you say in a club or festival setting that build makes it a, a lot of fun to mix with for the dj and a lot of fun for the crowd to get hyped and you know like i said a minute ago like by the time it does drop you're so amped up and ready for it because of all those layers that you mentioned and the way it builds um that it, it almost wouldn't work as well would it if it was just a 15 seconds of bosh yeah you go kind of thing you may be right, mate. You may be right. Not that I mean to shut you down. Not no, you're not you shutting me down, mate. It's it is it's just opinions and opinions. That's all it is. Say, not a dictatorship. Um, I, I, and 
And this weren't even my favourite of the EP. If we're if we're going to be shutting shutting one another down uh, on radio, I played the one with Hype Man Sage on the, the second track on the EP. Um, I just I preferred that one, and um, it was so weird because you was like, "Oh, look at this EP," and I was like, "Oh, have you heard this other swing and bass tune?" And I sent you the Mr. Sandman remix. Then I realised after it's the same dude on the Sandman remix as it is on this EP. I didn't even realize it was the same guy. Um, so yeah, um, hype man Sage bringing uh, bringing the hype man vibes, and uh, yeah, it's just it, yeah, I'd say a, a top EP swing and bass. Got got a big up DJ Halo because him his Mister Trick thing and all of the stuff that he's doing in that scene. Um, you know, he's been kind of doing that mashup of fifties and modern vibes for for a good while now, and he's driving it forward. Big up Halo. Definitely. It's wicked, yeah. Top, top marks for Halo. And uh, yeah, you, you might see me getting involved. Hey. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> ah, tease, tease, tease. Um, cool, cool. All right, should we move on to the next one? Uh, so this has only dropped onto the radar in, I mean, I only heard it today, straight up. Um, and instantly it's gone in my favourites because it's one of my favourite garage producers of the time, um, the, the, the Bristol Bad Gal. Uh, Opa Dan is bringing one in with uh, Dread MC and this one is called Tiger one all day long bruv I, I, I love the um, I love the way she chops things before they finish like it's just it's one of her signature things right ah this is, you don't even need to hear the rest of it and and she does that with the MC as well so he's like halfway through saying something um, yeah you know it's just the it's the usual kind of uh, high high quality that you come to expect from Offerden I, I, you know I can gush over this for as long as needs be but um, you know we, we've talked we've talked before like the Charlotte Devaney remix she did I, I was I would say a slightly different vibe to what this is this is obviously a lot dirtier and a lot more kind of dance floor driven and I reckon people are just gearing up for that lockdown to be completely removed so they can get back in the clubs and, and lenging the roofs off so you know I, I can see that trend moving that way it, it, my, my second pick is going to be going in that same direction as well what we've got coming up in a minute so just this you know I, I, what, what can you say it's just the usual top top notch quality and Dread MC seems to be on all of them bass bangers um, he, I don't know which artists he hasn't been with now that have done a top quality bass release he's just 
he is the guy you go to at the moment when you need a quick MC to go on your baseline track, I think, at the moment. It's like, we need an MC here. <laughs> quick, Ultrad MC. I'm in. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, wicked things. Fully agree with, with all that. Yeah, it's, it's a wicked vibe. It's uh, We're getting down with some bass-heavy vibes today, apparently, man. Off, off to a stormer with those two picks. Um, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, she's flawless. I love, I love, like you, you, you commented on the way that she kind of cuts things short. She's, she's very clever with the way she kind of uses little um, sort of moments, pauses, and, and silences and stuff. Because I love the way it kicks, and it almost there's there's a split second there before the bass comes in. It just uh, it kind of creates like a little bit of extra hype, brings a smile to your face. Um, but yeah, up or down without fail, smashes it every time. And and I think you hit the nail on the head there when you mentioned the Sharp Vania remix as well because it's. You know, same artist, but you you almost wouldn't recognise that it was the same person doing that unless somebody told you that the same producer had put those two tracks together because it's such a different vibe and yet it's still so so high calibre, your favourite phrase, as we've established. <laughs> it's still it's, it's so high calibre. I tell you what was interesting to me about it was that she's chosen to self-release that because I, I kind of I heard it without looking at the artwork. I think it popped up on my release radar when I was in the car. But I heard it without any... Um, preconception of who it was it just kind of came on as I was driving I was like oh that's a bit great and it was oh, down. yeah that, make, that makes sense but I assumed until I got home and went on Juno and looked it up I assumed it was a night base release because obviously she's put out a, a, a series of things on night base in re- recent times right and I thought it was quite well suited to what night base are doing so interesting that she's gone down the, the route of self-releasing um, I wouldn't like to speculate about why that is but I would imagine any number of labels would have been happy to get behind that one because it's definitely got it could could be the tides, could be the tide shifting, right? People self-releasing, you know. Yeah, I think you retain a certain level of control and creative freedom in doing so, don't you? And 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 you also you're not reliant on other people. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know her reason for it, but uh, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting. Once once you hit the tipping point, then there's a reduction in need for marketing. I think that's kind of the way that I look at it. And she has got a following now, and she's a she's a huge name, so. She could. I think. I think she can do that sort of thing and still expect to do numbers. Would be my guess. You know, it may be that she tried to ship this to labels and no one was interested. And if that's the case, are you fucking deaf? Um, and that's why I imagine that couldn't have happened. I was just going to say the same. I was going to say, yeah. It, seem, it seems a stretch. Um, yeah, although saying that, I, you know, some people at labels. So you know. <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Actually. You never know. You never know. All right. Should we move on to the next one? On on that that note. Let's do it. I'm going to switch up the vibe completely um, and we're going to go with something much more chilled. Uh, I don't want to say too much about it. I think it's best just to listen to it first and then we'll talk. This is Baker with a track called Warms In. It's taken from his UK UKG Fundamentals EP, which is available. Is it available now? Is it out yet? It's yeah, it's, it's out. out yeah, so I think it's out. Is it out now? I think so. Is it out? Yeah. Are we sure it's not available to pre-order? Well, anyway, <laughs> go look it up. It's available at some point on Big Boy Beats. <laughs>
definitely an interesting choice of the four on this EP, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I know I mentioned to you before we went on air that that was my pick of the bunch, and obviously you favoured one of the other ones. I think it's probably it, the whole EP is solid, um, as we've you know come to expect from Baker. Um, I think part of the reason that that track is resonating with me particularly at the moment is because I found myself listening to a bit of hip hop again, and I kind of hip hop went a bit sour for me for a while, um, and 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 then obviously uh, Rockstar released the the GTA the contract right with Dr Dre uh, and Dre on the soundtrack, and now they've now made those tracks available to stream, so you can listen to those. Um, and Dre's the reason that I got into production in the first place. The whole reason I did this music thing. So I kind of got listening to that, loved it. Started listening to some of my old hip hop and some of the more mellow, chilled stuff. And actually, this track, I think, like, were it a bit slower and had a different beat on it, it would fit really well. As it would be a really nice hip hop track. Um, so I think part, maybe that's why it's resonating so nicely with me at the moment. But of all the tracks on on the EP, like, I just um, I just love the way it drops. It kind of it goes to drop, and then it's got like that extra little four bars for a little bit of suspense. And that bass line comes in and it's just so funky, man. It just, the whole thing just makes, I think it's really appropriate that he's called it Warms In as well, because that track just makes me feel warm. I, I couldn't, <laughs> literally couldn't put it better than that. I just, the first time I heard it, it brought a smile on my face and, I, and it still makes me smile now. I've just checked, by the way, while we were listening to it, because uh, I had to clarify whether or not it is out. It is out on the 28th of February. So if you're listening before the 28th of February, you're going to need to check back later in the week. If you're listening after 28th of Feb, you can go cop it. Right. Okay. Just to clarify for anyone who's wondering. <laughs> it's hard when, you know, you don't know what's in your inbox and what's in the shop. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd say it, this, this definitely was probably my least favourite off the whole EP. Um, you know, I'm not going to oh, really? say it's not high quality at all. Um, you know, Baker, lot, a lot of time. Obviously, we've given him so many props on the show. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. The, the, it just it was my least favourite. Is yeah. it too mellow for you? It's not Lengy, because you love a Lengtastic bad man tear out. It's not yeah, Lengtastic I, I, for you. Is yeah, that what you're saying? It like just that? seemed a bit, yeah, it was like it was placid, <laughs> I think is the word I'd use. Um, you know, and if you, it, it could be nice to chill back to. Um, and I guess I'd, I like just to have the, the arsehole tear out of it when I listen to Garage, and, <laughs> and that just resonates more with me. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, let's say the whole EP is absolutely awesome and you should definitely pick it up. Um, so big up Baker for that. What's that? Is the fund- fundamentals EP? Is it called UKG Fundamentals? Yeah, you've been playing Say Goodbye, haven't you? I think my second choice from the EP was Bittersweet because I, but- I played that as well. I played that as well. Mellow musical vibe. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah. I mean, they're well suited to my jazz step playlist, and, and they're going straight on there as soon as soon as it's on Spotify and that. But um, yeah, strong strong effort from from Baker, as we as I say, as we've come to expect no less. So, so speaking of Dre, did you see the halftime show? I did. I did. I say I saw it. I saw it with YouTube adverts every 30 fucking seconds, but that's a whole different conversation. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that. And it was interesting as well, because obviously they, they've, they've timed the um, streamable versions of the track from the new Grand Theft Auto to come out the same time as the Super Bowl halftime show. So when someone said to me, actually the wife came over from work and she said, oh, have you seen Dre and Snoop and Eminem and Mary J. Blige did the Super Bowl halftime show, and I was like, oh, I haven't, no, I haven't seen that yet. And she said, Oh, yeah, you should give it a watch, you'll enjoy it. And I watched it expecting it to be those recent tunes. Oh, really? Um, but obviously, it's not, it's all, it's all of the classics, isn't it? But like, what a well constructed show, man. That was some budget they had to work with there, wasn't it? I did laugh with 50 Cent hanging down from the rafters, and he's obviously trying to rap and struggling a bit because he's fucking upside down, all the blood's rushing to his head. Oh, I was impressed he, he got as far as he did. He's got to be out of practice, hasn't he? Um, Interesting fact, 
um, no one ever gets paid for a Super Bowl halftime show. I don't know if you ever knew really? that. That no artist ever that. gets paid. They only ever pay for the production, but no one gets paid to perform there. And wow. that is ridiculous to me because they make so much fucking money off the adverts in between it. Yeah. That it's a yeah, liberty. Sure. Like, talk about artists and how much they get screwed over. You know, that's a, that's a whole Goes other conversation. That's the conversation you and I were having earlier on in the day, wasn't it? I mean, it says, it says, a, lot, it says a lot about Dre's financial status that he's willing to do something like that. He's, he's a billionaire now, isn't he? Like, well, why he's would got, you turn it down? His net worth's over four billion. I know he's just gone through a costly divorce, but like, <sighs> Mate, I, I did the divorce proceedings, man. She wanted, I think she wanted. Was the settlement two million a month to maintain her lifestyle? Two million a month. I, like, I, le- I legit me, did not crazy. follow it that close, mate. But yeah, <laughs> I would definitely tell her to do one. Um, let's not turn <laughs> this into misogyny monthly with uh, bald guy and muscles. Let's uh, move on to um, the next pick that I've got. So I said the next one's going to be another raver. I, I, you know, I didn't want to talk about this one because we give this guy so much airtime as it is. Uh, we named him Artist of the Year. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched the X-Men special yet. Uh, th- this song's been stuck in my head like all week, so how, else, how can I not talk about it? Down now on Night Brace, MPH, Screamer. ridiculous the sampling is so on point it's so on point uh just the the the, the breaks in the drop um and they don't they're not even sample breaks it sounds like he's, he's playing them it sounds like to me um, i could be wrong but that's just like yeah it's it, it's wicked like the the the, the way that bass line goes and it, um is gonna tear every club down that it ever hits uh the build-up to it is just you don't even know that's coming, right? You can't like if you played the start of that tune, you don't know where that's going to end unless you knew who the artist was. Um, and it's just it's hype. It's it, like that was say that's the one that that baseline has been stuck in my head all week, mate. And it had to, it just had to be flagged, right? I think it speaks volumes that you that you made that 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 comment actually about the baseline's been stuck in your head because there's a lot of this kind of lengtastic bass heavy four four around. Uh, and without sounding negative or naming any names or anything, <coughs> crewcast. <coughs> a lot of it, a lot of it is uh, is not particularly memorable, and certainly that it's not something that kind of gets into your head. It's just it's just leng, but it's kind of a bit disposable. But 
I don't know if disposable is the right word. It's quite forgettable for me, though, a lot of it. Um, so for somebody to come through with something that's fucking gritty as that, but also sticks in your head, I think says a lot. And it's a skill to kind of be able to blend those textures and timbres and make them catchy as well. And there's not many people who can do it to affect the way the MPH does it. Interesting also that you commented on the brakes, uh, because the one thing that I wanted to highlight when we talked about this track was the way that MPH does a 4-4 track, but uses brakes uh, in the breakdowns and the build-ups so effectively because I mean he does it routinely right he did it in the the Burt Cope remix as well with the one that springs to mind uh, I think he had like an Armen in there or something he had one of the kind of jungly kind of breaks but he does it it, it, it flows so well uh, and like you say it kind of helps it helps with the build-up but it also kind of leads you astray a little bit because then when the bass does kick in if you don't know what it is you're listening to you aren't expecting it to go that, that way you would be readily forgiven with those dreamy pads and that breakbeat to assume it was going to go down a completely different route which I think when it does then drop gives it that kind of extra impact especially when you look at the little the little vocal hooks and samples that he splices in there really really nicely and that's just a, an MPH staple it's more quality work just goes to show why you know we gave him Artist of the Year last year Gotta yeah. start taking note for this year, mate, right? You don't know what's gonna happen in December. Oh mate, I will tell you now I'm gonna jot that one down for the base tear out of the year. That's that's <laughs> definitely in contention straight away, isn't it? Or what was it you wanted to rename it? The Brown Door <laughs> the Award. Brown, the Brown Door Award. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, yeah, that's exactly it, the Brown Door Award. Um but yeah, I say we've we have given him so much airtime, but it's difficult not to. What a it's talented deserved. gentleman deserved isn't it indeed indeed well from one bass tear out to something else which is quite heavy on the bass should we get into my yeah, next yeah all ready for it nice nice segue there look look at that <laughs> well i'm amping up towards being in contention the for more you talk about it the more there. you ruin it mate just saying anyway <laughs> next one is <laughs> next up is available now on 83 records one of mr brains favorite labels over there um it's from another guy we've talked about a bit on the podcast before uh goes by the name of mark two uh, this one's taken from a recent release. It's called Angle. We scorch you. I'm surprised 83 picked that one up to be honest okay. not saying it's not Say good I'm surprised 83 picked that one up 
Yeah, it's, it's kind of um, slightly out of kilter with, with a lot of what else they put out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. But good on, good on them for getting behind it because it's, it's strong, isn't it? I mean, the, the way it... it the, do you know what? You commented last month, actually, on the tracks because uh, obviously we were talking about track lengths and we were talking about tracks that were void of intros or, or specifically void of drum intros. Uh, and you made a comment about how sometimes if tracks are kind of too uh, musical in the intro, it can make them a bit of a pain in the ass to mix with. But actually, that one is really, it's really pleasant to mix with because it's quite yeah, it doesn't start with drums but it's quite sparse and because it's that kind of got that distant pad sound in there actually when you're blending with that i, I dropped it on my show recently and I, and I played it i think i mixed it into like a, a, a one of the garage house tracks and i was thinking oh i'm not sure this is going to work and then actually it sounded fucking brilliant the way the way it kind of built and because it's got quite a nice build up uh and then also because of the way that it kind of switches as it drops. Do you know what I mean? You know it's going to kind of be dark, but it's kind of got that light, airy tone. And then the bass kicks in. It's got that filtered grease bass that kind of goes underneath it. The beats roll and you've got that high-pitched sign playing that kind of catchy riff that gets in your head. It flows real nice. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was good. We, I mean, we, we mentioned, um, I think we talked about Spice before, didn't we, from the um, Downplay release, uh, which was tail end of last year. And it's kind of on a similar wavelength to that, a similar kind of vibe. M- M- MK2 is doing MK2 Mark 2 whatever, whatever we're going to call him he's doing a lot of that kind of vibe at the moment but he's doing it very well um, and uh, yeah, yeah I mean that, that one just it jumped out it spoke to it's, me uh, Mark 2 kind of he surfs that future garage new school garage kind of divide like he kind of sits on the boundaries of it almost because a lot of it you could put yeah. it into the the future garage oeuvre as it were and it's you know I, I, I love his stuff in terms of uh, the quality of it I think some of his last EP that he put out was way too breaky for me and like almost the complete other way maybe that's what got the attention of 83 and went oh yeah we'll have some of that and then he went back into safety town I don't know um, but like I, I say I'm surprised like 83 I suppose 83 do have some kind of similar things to that but I would have thought this was a bit too garagey for them um, regardless of that, Gal's made a, a great decision to, to whack him on there because uh, it, it's a it's a top top tune, and uh, I'll definitely give it a spin when, when I get a chance to get exposed to the airwaves again at some point. Um, yeah, no one listened to my last show for some reason. I think it was clashing with someone else. I don't know what, <laughs> what happened, mate. You've been usurped. You've been usurped. Who, who, who could they possibly have been listening to at the same time Literally, as you? <laughs> of all the times you could get a show, you got it exactly the same time as me on the same day of the week. Well, see, I got offered <laughs> I got offered a show on a Friday night and I went, no, nah, no, nah, I want something that's, that clashes with brains so I can show them who's the boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need it. I deserve it. Um, tell me. Tell me about it, Daddy. Uh, teach me. Teach me. Um, let's get back into the music, shall we? <laughs> Let's do it before this, this erupts into a slanging match. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Curiously, did you see? Did you see actually talking about scheduling? Did you see Impact uh, is no longer on the Saturday? One less clash. Um, yeah, I see. One less. I see. I assume they saw me popping up on the radar and went, "Fuck, gonna have to move him, otherwise no one's gonna listen to him." I saw Marvels <laughs> saying, "Oh man, I miss Impact on a Saturday." I was like, "Oh, that means you never listen to me. You only listen to Impact." <laughs> oh. um, big up Marvel. <laughs> it wouldn't be a Saturday. It wouldn't be a Saturday afternoon without an influx and unnecessary number of garage shows to listen to, would it? Let's, let's put it like That's that. That's it, because we're all working full time jobs to pay the bills. <laughs> Any, anyway, yeah, we're all old. Got to do it in the daytime. Can't be up too late. Can't be in bed with me Horlicks. Anyway, so let's music. Motherfucking garage. Right, I say motherfucking garage music. This next one, right? I'm going to give you very little context. I'm going to tell you the title. 
And then once we've listened to it, I want you to tell me what you, where you think it's from and who it is. All right. Uh, this tune is this tune's called Lunar Rave. All right. Let's go for it. I'd normally cut it out by now, but there's a mad, complicated switch coming up in a minute. Just gotta wait for it. There's a bit of a bit of a mess with the head. Oh, here it comes. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, Robert. Let's use your musical <laughs> expertise. Where, where, where is that one from? You see, based on the fact it's got all those eight bits in it, and based on the fact that you've challenged me to guess where it's from, I'm assuming that you're assuming I'm going to say Japan, so I'm not going to say Japan, because that would almost be too obvious. But beyond that, I haven't got a fucking clue. Um, I was very much enjoying the eight bit this, though. That was, yeah. It's, Digging it, it's a real, It's a real, like... So I'm getting disclosure vibes. It's like I'm sampling a fine whiskey and getting the tasting notes, you know? It's like I'm getting aromas of a bit of disclosure and then you're getting, you know, the, the, the shores of, of uh, Japan uh, coming through on the, on the bass notes. And uh, yeah, you got the... It's, it's, it, it, you'd think it was Japan. Um, so the act is actually called Zelgion. I don't know if you're pronouncing that correctly. And they are 19-year-old Venezuelan twin boys. Oh, there you go. They look like they were born hey. in front of Instagram and then grew up to just look like people that belong on Instagram forever. It's like literally <laughs> they have like blue eyes with the hair and the lips and they make fucking music like that apparently. Either that or they've paid someone. But honestly, it's like it's I just I love the fact that it was um a n- new young artist that I've never heard of, artists, artists, um, with that kind of weird mashup vibe that kind of just fit into my sound just about and I and I kind of enjoyed how wonky it was um yeah say the, the, the whiffs of disclosure was really nice and then just the japanese influence maybe I don't know um yeah venezuelan housey garage stuff things proper out there and it's proper creative and it's it's well put together so give them props for that i mean that that region of the world is is they're, I'd love, I'd love to go. I'd love to go there and spend a bit of time just um, absorbing some of the club culture there. Because you know, you pick up little snippets of it online, but obviously, you don't appreciate it as much as you would if you were kind of there experiencing it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but there's a lot of really quirky and experimental stuff from from 
down them parts. Uh, oh, you, I wouldn't have put it as coming from Venezuela. So, um, yeah, that's caught me off guard. But fair play to him because it's it's nice. That's that was my that's my wild card for 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 this show. Um, pretty fucking wild, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll enjoy that one listening back, not over the bit crushed Skype link that we've got. Um, but yeah, should we uh, should we slip and slide into the best of the rest for this month? Let's do it. All right, you can you can have the first hit. I'm not sure I've heard of this guy. Go on, go for it. Well, see, I was in two minds about which one to pick because this guy also had a new Volve release by the name of Snowfall, which came out at the start of the month, which is pretty banging, but... Cheated and done two at once. I like it. Go on, (laughs) carry on. (laughs) Decided to give a little cheeky plug to uh, this new track playing in the background, which is Just Like You by Myself Phonetics. It's taken exclusively from the deluxe version of Jazz Step FM, which is available on the 25th of February and is, of course, an essential purchase which comes highly recommended by brains over there um, I uploaded a clip of this actually me making this in the studio a little while ago to my social media and it went mental um, so that's a good sign hopefully of things to come at the end of this I'm going to tell you a story about that when we get to the end of this then my first pick is by a, a gang of people. So it's off of an album uh, out now on Divided Souls. Uh, Wax Motif has uh, released uh, an album of Garagey House Bangers. Uh, this one, the pick off of there, is with uh, Wax Motif and Phlegmatic Dogs. Love them. And this tune is called Need You. Say so out now on Divided Souls. This one is a baseline banger. Up next on my list, I have got self-released uh, a self-released track called Acceptance from Poolside Convo. Uh, I love Poolside Convo. It's kind of emotional, forward-thinking music. Kind of brings a tear to my eye, so uh, I challenge you to listen to it without crying. Wicked summary. <laughs> that was meant as a compliment, by the way. I, I was aware after I said I challenged you to listen to it without crying, made it sound like I said it was shit or something. It's not it's fucking brilliant, but it's just it was just tugs nice. on the okay. heartstrings. Right, so uh next one. Right, got a good big up. I'm glad we get to talk about this guy eventually. Uh Majors, Mr. Andre Majors. Uh he has just put one out called a cheeky little bootleg called Let It Go out now uh, on From The End. Reminds me of a guy that used to do Future Garage tunes called Tote. Just gonna throw that out there, but I really like it. Check this one out. Next up, I've got a collaboration between, He's one half of the Garage House Orchestra, Ayesh. I think I'm saying that right. I don't know, because it's capitalised. I don't know whether it's initials or if I, if I just say Ayesh. I'm pretty sure it's Ayesh. Ayesh and uh, Lifford, who, who you may recognise from that classic Artful Dodger track, uh, with a tune called Anything You Want. It's available on Lush Records. Uh, and it's just a, a nice blend of vibes. It's like soulful, wicked vocal, nice keys, kind of skippy beats and heavy bass lines. It's just a nice little blend that really appeals to me. This one's kind of there to be a whole album shout out, really. Uh, South Point put out South Point Presents. From Volume 9, I'm going to look at Vital Techniques, who have dropped Ride or Die. 
just a, a wicked bit of eight bar uh, bass savagery uh, vital techniques quality gang um, yeah check this one out man love it yeah, big my man Kobe over at South Point. He's building a wicked roster and back catalogue over there, isn't he? Uh, next up, I've gone for how could we not mention the Times Up remix by Mikey B and Shanisa, available on MP Productions. Uh, Mikey B is a fucking bad man. Uh, Shanisa apparently is a wicked vocalist, and this track epitomises both of those two things. So if you haven't, go check it out now. Absolutely love that one. Uh, bass tear out, back into kicking the brown door off the hinges and leaving it flapping in the wind. We are listening to this collaboration by Tacky New Light and Jack Beats, Godzilla Vibes, uh, with King of the Monsters out now on Orient Records, uh, laying your face off uh, like a gurner in a northern rave. Check this out. I think Jack Beats deserves some kind of Lifetime Achievement Award for their contributions to bass music because they've just been tearing out for fucking years, haven't they, man? Um, from that into something that's a, a little less lengy, uh, I've, I've picked uh, from the forthcoming Steppers Club release, uh, the Stepping Up EP, another one from Ben Hydro, who I think we discussed last month. Uh, this time he's gone with a two-step vibe, proper skippy, super, super high-quality production, uh, very catchy, and I love the bounce in it. Go check it out if you haven't heard it yet. Right, I've got to shout out this guy. Uh, More Night does, does some amazing productions. He has... This one's now out now to uh, grab. Uh, it's called 130R. This was also his first release on his uh, 12 Months of UKG, which is a mailing list where he sends out a tune every month for free. Sign up to that and get some wicked music. Um, loving this one. Big up more night. Big up the, uh, the 12 Months of UKG. curious that i wonder if he's taken inspiration from garage shed's 12 days of ukg at christmas but he's just decided to string it out for a month who doesn't love a freebie though good on him uh, next up i've got the uh, latest point blank release from one dark martian which goes by the name of remember who you are um, ironically remember who you are is a good reminder um, but who One Dark Martian is, is a fucking bad man when it comes to these retro, vintage, early 4-4 bumpy garage sounds. Um, but there's nobody who could do this as well as ODM, maybe with the slight exception of Todd. Uh, it's very much on that Todd tip, but it's just a, a, a wicked, slick production. And I love it. Travelling back to the continent, out now on Electroshock Records. Bass Styler has dropped this one called The Key. And it is more on the garage side than the brake side of the usual Bass Styler stuff, but it is just amazing savagery. Check it out. Awesome shit. Bass 
space tile is another one, I mean, flawless. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I had it shortlisted, but it didn't make it into my top 10. So well, well done you for picking it up. Um, next up, I've got a brand new release from Garage Shared, which I think dropped yesterday. Uh, it's the Deja remix of Breeze by Prozac. Um, it's just a sublime, musical, soulful two-step joint, uh, and it comes highly recommended. Right, we're ending with some solid cheese. Uh, I want to just shout out this guy because he's he's fairly new to the scene. He's been around for a year or two now, but he's consistent quality. He dropped a freebie on SoundCloud, bootlegging the classic Mumbo Number Five, and this is Mumbo Number Five, the illustration flip. Um, just you know, one of them fun, fun, fun remixes to to get people moving because they go. This one and, uh, and yeah, it gets, it gets your feet moving. Uh, pick up the illustration, uh, great, great work. Grab it now, free download SoundCloud. And on that note, mate, I know the question on everyone's lips is whatever happened to Lou Bega? <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just he's just in bed rolling around in his royalties, mate. <laughs> in money, fuck me, just sleeping in in. Yeah, fifty dollar bill. He didn't need anything after that. So the story about your just like you tune, right? Um, I spoke to you about your album, and you told me about how you had to squash tracks together to make sure you could fit it onto Beatport. So, so because I realised that tune was the last tune on the album, I then got worried that the back half of the tune was going to be like a skit that had been bundled onto the end of it. So I'm playing it on radio, and I look at the waveform, and suddenly it just drops down to be quiet, and I'm like shit this is going to drop into a skit and it's going to clang to fuck and I'm in trouble right so I loop it I loop it up I do my mix that's all fine I listen back to it after and you've got like this fucking amazingly beautiful outro that you put together that is not oh, anything like that. I was just you fucking thinking the, the MJ coaster oh. motherfucker like oh, it's just you put it in my head if you didn't tell me that I wouldn't have known and I would have just played it and it would have been amazing um, so yeah so ju- just for the benefit of anyone's listening wondering what Brains is going on about I discovered the hard way that when you put out an album that's of a certain amount of tracks, and I think it's like 15 or more tracks, it automatically gets assigned a certain price tag on Beatport, and there's no way to amend that. You can put in a request for them to change it, but they don't often do it. Um, and actually, when when Jazzdep FM got what ended up on Beatport, I think it's still on there, listed at like 17 quid or something, which is just fucking ludicrous. Because I would never ask anybody to pay 17 quid for an album; it's just too much. But what I did when I was doing the deluxe version, I took the interludes and I bundled them onto the ends of the preceding tracks. So that would cut the track listing down from what would have been 18 tracks to 14 tracks, which means it's now listed uh, on Beatport at A99, which I feel is a whole lot more of a reasonable price to um, to expect someone to pay for an album. Obviously, in doing so, Brains had assumed that the, the outro, for which he has famously uh, voiced disdain for phonetics, um, was on the end of that track but it's actually not it's on the end of the the, the preceding track which has got the tea towel and that track actually yeah I put a lot of work into a, a nice musical um, outro which I'm glad you shat all over <laughs> on your show brains thanks for that yeah I did it on purpose completely mate I just thought ah fuck this just need beats don't need none of this musical shit so on that note should we time travel because uh, I, I can see we, we step back always into our favourite era, the forgotten years for, for newcomers, um, around 2003 to maybe 29, 20, 2009, 2010, if you're pushing it. Um, 
you you wanted to talk about two gentlemen that I'm very fond of, uh, I spent time with in the past, and have obviously contributed so much to the Forgotten Years. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope we haven't caused offence to them, really, because uh, like it just dawned on me that we've been doing this podcast a year now, talking about the lost years, and we're yet to talk about Control S. So I went through the Control S uh, folder on my computer, had a listen back. They did a lot of tunes. Uh, this one, I think probably more for uh, nostalgic reasons that it brings back good memories for me more than anything else. It's not necessarily the highest caliber thing they did. I think in, in the sort of following years after it, they actually kind of leveled up and did some stuff which arguably from a production perspective is better this one though really sits right with me brings back a lot of memories it's the control s remix of how could you uh by mario it's available check in say 2007 this one when it came out what a tune it's a wicked tune i love the i love the i think it's a shame to cut it off where we did there actually and start talking over it because i think probably my favorite bit about it is the little breakdown at the end and it goes into the four four switch you know you know i love me a four four switch and a two-step indeed we've only got so long on this podcast though mate this tune's like six minutes long it's from that era they didn't know judging by the way we've both reacted to it we were going to be gushing about it for a little while as well I, d- I didn't mean it to sound negative when I said they kind of leveled up in terms of production in the, in the following years because actually like everything they did was really high quality and this is a good example of a track that was really well put together um, really well thought out um, just a great great two step take uh, on an R&B track that you know if, if it had been done maybe five six years earlier um, probably would have um, really turned a lot more heads than it did. I think it was only really the timing that held Controllers back from being bigger than they were. I mean, they did build a big following because they were really at a time when a lot of other people were doing the kind of bumpy thing and, and, and bassline was kind of emerging and people were getting quite gritty. They were one of the only ones that really stood true to that kind of two-step sound and they always did it, you know, in a really decent way. Uh, it was tune after tune, month after month. They, they were just killing it for a long while there. Um, as I say, for nostalgic reasons, just because it kind of brings back memories of, of certain club nights we were at in those times, this one is the one that kind of stands out to me. Uh, but actually, like, even before this, a story about how I met Control S. So actually, like, I, the first tune that I kind of became known for was the remix I did of Fill Me In by Craig David. I think that was the first time me and you had any contact. I actually was a member of... Um, Mark Hill. Mark Hill had this project after Art with Dodger Disbanding called The Sticks. Uh, highly recommend going and checking out The Sticks album if you've never done it. There's no garage on there, but it's just wicked fucking musical stuff with some really talented writers. It brought through a lot of the names that kind of went on to big things in the following years, like Corinne Bailey Ray. That's kind of how she started. Um, and I was a member of the forum on there, and I posted up my Craig David remix, and I did it really being cheeky to kind of try and get Mark's attention. 
and um, actually got a DM from a guy called Martin Roberts um, <laughs> bigging up the remix saying this is sick and, and oh, I've been making some garage with, with one of my mates and we got chatting and like, we were a similar kind of age obviously he had similar musical taste and I got quite friendly with Martin he later introduced me to this guy Lee Tyler um, and Lee played me some of his tunes and actually unbeknownst to me I was well aware of Lee's music you know long before I ever met either of them because Ezed had been wrecking I think Lee did a, um, a 112 remix I think he'd done a, another Mario remix as well he'd done a few bits that had kind of been bubbling away and like Ezed had been spinning on Kiss um, and, and really like even looking back on those they were kind of the year was probably 2004 um, they were really really decent productions that stood out at that time far above a lot of stuff which was getting a lot more credit than those productions were I think because he wasn't obviously aligned with a label at the time and was obviously just kind of doing his thing um, but yeah from the get go the two of them obviously always had that kind of musical potential to, to go on and do really good things and then you put them together and they obviously gelled and were good mates there was obviously a chemistry there um, for them as people and obviously it, it translated into the studio and they did some really great things and this track's a great example of it uh, and I think they've both gone on to do great things you know as Controlless in their their follow up project I think it was called Alias right if I'm not mistaken yeah it wasn't spelled Alias it was A-E-L-I-U-S yep uh, and the, the stuff they did as Alias was wicked also uh, and they've obviously both gone off and I, I think they still work together but they're obviously doing in, independent things as well and I know Lee does a lot of engineering and, and, and goes to production for other people which is also um, exceptional he also does the Kingdom 93 project as well and all of those tracks are banging wicked. so um, I, th- I feel like Control S was, was the gateway to the two people there who, who um, were a gift to the music industry and um, yeah, lots of them top fellas as well. Yeah. I'll stop gushing now because I'm, I'm just rambling over here. But yeah. I mean, it, uh, it's a shame because I think they, they obviously, I'm not going to say peak, but they started to mature and, and real find their sound uh, in within a genre that was obviously slowly starting to go downhill. Like we've got to remember, they're called the Forgotten Years for a reason. You know, like 2003 when everything started to split, Dubstep came out, Grime went in and and became its own kind of large thing, and then Garage was kind of just sitting there, just with the nerds in the background listening to it. Um, you know, they were kind of top of of the hill, pretty much, like in terms of um, production quality. Like, you know, there were lots of new people coming out, but they managed to get it sounding like the the the, the classics that we all kind of wanted, um, but with that new spin. And I, I remember. Then they had like a, I don't know if they did videos somewhere where they was talking about their production uh, process. And I remember them showing how to get it sounding as authentic as possible, like an old school garage tune, they'd bounce every single track out They'd put a kick at the start of the track and then they'd bounce every track out and put them through a tape recorder and then put them back into the machine so that they'd have the tape recorder sound embedded into the into the stem and then resync them with the kick mental like that was how dedicated can you get to make it sound like the original kind of garage sound like for sure i mean of course nowadays the plugins are so high quality that there'll be a plugin that would effectively do that just as well and you wouldn't need to go through that rigmarole yeah. but back then this is this is when this is at a time where some of the plugins were, were a bit sketchy, and yeah, to get that authentic sound, you had to go to those lengths. I mean, and I'd, I'd grumble now that the fact that they was trying to make it old school because I'd prefer, I prefer, well, I, you know, I, there was, a, I reached the stage where I, I, I realized vinyl sounds shit now, like, and and it's controversial to a lot of people. I, had, I hate the vinyl wankers that are like it's warmer and more beautiful sounding. It's like no, it's not. It just sounds muddy and shitty, and digital is clean 
and you need to get over it. Like the reason it sounds better because it is better. Um, anyway, that's that's a whole other rant. But yeah, I I think um, at the time, like they, I remember they done the Four Corners remix, gonna make it. That was fucking awesome. And then they started to do their own stuff on. Was it they on their own label when they done this? This was it Scott Maurice. Um, what was well? Yeah, the Four Corners release was the first release on In Control Recordings, okay. and then it was followed with Never Leave Me Alone, which is the track you were talking <sighs> about. Had Majestic on the uh, doing the sort of sixteen bars in the middle as well. Yeah, and it's like and th- that Scott Maurice release. I mean, I I really kind of thought that that was the one that was going to start to get to the, the attention of people outside of the scene because it was so good. That Scott Maurice guy, he had a lot a lot of charisma as well. I met him once. This is how this was so bad, right? So, so I, I met Scott Maurice. I was doing, I was filming uh, one of the UK Flavor nights um, for my website, and I was pissed out of my fucking face, right? And I, I recorded Scott Maurice, and he done like this massive long big up um, for, for the website. Didn't hit record on it, the whole, and missed everything that he recorded. <laughs> and then, um, but then luckily, I hit the record again. And his trick was he could run up a wall and do a flip. Do the back flip. And I got, and yeah, I remember, I remember getting that on camera um, and putting that out. Um, but yeah, it's like just those nights were great. And, and Martin and Lee were just such great guys. And, and I'm so happy that I got to meet them and know them in this period of time of Garage. And you know, just bringing it back to the music. Um, just they were were one of, if not the best, at two step at that time. It was obviously beyond the veterans. They were one of the best kind of new school guys. Beyond some other guy called Robbie T. I think he was probably up there as well. But <laughs> <laughs> they, they were just they were checking the post, mate. They, they were they were real good, man. They were, they were they, yeah. Great pick. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I you can you can you can play a lot of those those productions from around that time they put together, uh, and I do feel like they stand up. You know, perfectly well against the likes of Sunship and Club Asylum, and I, and I don't say that lightly because you know I, I massively respect Kerry and uh, and Jeremy. So so to sort of put them in the same sentence, I think is you know it says a lot about how how skilled they were and the ch- tunes they were making. And like I said before, it was only only bad timing which held them back from uh, you know gaining a lot more traction at that time. They, so they did well. They they ended up on pure garages and Ministry of Sound CDs, and you know. That's, that's that's not to be scoffed at, but uh, yeah, there is there is that little part of you that thinks, oh man, if these guys were just five ten years older and have been doing that stuff at the, the turn of the century, I mean, never leave me alone, hands down, as a top ten single in Garage's heyday, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind whatsoever. Um, and they, and they go. obviously but, had the best remix of the fucking Kyla tune, right? Yeah, which still still gets played on on Kistry. Did you know that? Yeah, I remember. I, I remember because I not, messaged him and I'm like, "I just heard this on on Kistry. You're getting royalties for this." He's like, "No." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and I'm, you generally, I mean, you, you generally wouldn't with a remix. You almost mug yourself up unless you negotiate some kind of cut of the publishing when you do a remix. Because if you do a remix, it plays up massive like that, and you've been paid two hundred quid to do the remix. That's your lot. No, but that remix um, went out on In Control Recordings, though, mate. They put it out themselves. It did. It did. It was it was a weird one because it went out and in control, but didn't it also? There was also a release on. It was Paleface, and it must have been Northern Line or one of them ones, wasn't it? And it wasn't. It wasn't Northern Line. I think it went out on like it was called Maximum Bass or something, if I recall rightly. It was a it was a strange offshoot. I don't know if it was affiliated with one of the the larger labels or something. 
Uh, but yeah, I don't know, like in terms of the actual signing and the rights, I don't know where that, that tune sits, but yeah, someone's getting the money for it and unfortunately it's not them. Well, she must have got paid, so, so, so for those that don't know what we're talking about, um, Do You Mind is the tune that went on to get sampled for, uh, by Drake for One Dance. So, and I think she must, she's been, get, she got like airtime as a person after that tune come out, right? So she, hopefully she got paid when One one uh, one Dance came out. I'm, oh, they got paid a lot when One Dance came out. They did very, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I'm just speculating here, but I would hazard a guess that that probably made more than almost everything Kyler and Paleface did put together. Um, yeah, did very well but from that But, tune, I, but I know that, that Martin and Lee had to massively like retune that fucking acapella because it was like... The, 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 the way that it sounds on their remix is... It sounds a lot better than it does on any other version. Well, maybe the Drake, with Drake's one is the exception, but you can hear that they actually, I swear they retuned it a bit so it sounded like she was singing like a bit better. They possibly have. Yeah, it's part of the production process. They, they quite possibly have. I think also that probably their, 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 their style was quite musical um, and probably lent itself towards kind of bigging up a vocal and making it sound arguably better than it was because you know if you if you've got those those real kind of soulful and nice chord progressions going you've got lots of musical elements in there then it's definitely going to do something isn't it where uh, other parts of the track might be lacking i'm, I'm uh, really hoping it in word. post you're going to be playing this remix while we're talking about it uh in, in. absolutely um, but like <laughs> th- this remix itself um the, the style of it i mean i i, I can't say who it was but I know that someone rejected this remix because they thought they said that 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 remix would never get that would never sell because it wasn't a, it wasn't a good enough garage style like it was too out there. Yeah, and it was amazing. Like it was it wasn't straight up normal two step. It was still definitely yeah. like a two step tune, but it was it was a bit different. And uh, I'm not going to call it dirty because it was was it had a bit of a dirty edge to it. But it was just the, the way it, it, I don't want to sing it because obviously it's it was, playing, but you know. <laughs> It was that 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 kind of electro twinged bassline, wasn't it? Because it was it was not far removed from when we had that whole kind of electro house thing come through, right? And those kind of electro bass sounds you had, like David Getter, the Egg, those kinds of things, they were massive, uh, and they kind of did a two step track, but they kind of used some of those kind of synth patches in there, and that was I mean, that's massively frustrating for an artist when they've tried to do something deliberately by design to make something stand out, and then somebody rejects it on that basis. And actually, I think they were probably onto something with that because you know garage. And the two-step that they were doing, as brilliant as it was, like the track we just played, it wasn't crossing over and generating hype outside of our very small circle that, 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 that Get the Lost Years garage was. Um, and so they were deliberately trying to do something. I remember talking to them about it at the time and they were trying to do something specifically to kind of go, yeah, this is garage, but we've done it slightly differently and kind of get some new faces on it. And it's a shame that it, it wasn't given the chance on a grand scale to kind of really do that because it would have been interesting to see if you, you, you're Joe Average, who, who probably now enjoys it on history when they listen back ironically if had it been put to them at the time if they would have all gone out and got behind it but that is the you know we always talk about the 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 dramas that is the music industry it's one of the pitfalls that comes with it other people thinking they know better and quite often those people that are in the positions to make the decisions aren't musically minded and that's why they're doing the business stuff and maybe miss the point of the music because they're more well they they pressed it out themselves and i hope they reap the benefits of it mate i really hope they do um, I say it's lasting for me. You know, back to the Mario remix. Great pick, mate. Um, we're we're like we're over an hour already, so maybe we should get on to the next one. <laughs> Let's do cool. it. We can half go on like some old granny's gossiping over the fence. Uh, right, my next pick. 
the reason uh, I I picked the next one is because it was a tune at the very start of the Lost Years for me. It was one of the early, early Lost Years EPs. So I wanted to bring it up. And it's a guy that has been in and out of garage forever for various reasons. And we'll talk about who that is. Uh, this tune is uh, on the DIY for You EP. Uh, and it is by DIY. And the song is called Feeling High. of good reasons to talk about this tune right because it it encapsulates so much of the lost years in terms of you know the lost years were the wonky 4-4 years right um <laughs> yeah and and, it, and it, you know it weren't the best tune at the time um it, it had a vibe to it but it was that kind of that beginning of the introduction of wonky 4-4 i think this is one of the kind of seminal eps of the time that, were, that kind of came out that started that movement um, for those that don't know DIY it was Kyle Brock Kyle Brown of uh, you know Tough Jam so th- this is um, Kyle Tough Enough Brown's new well, I mean he was called DIY when they were still doing uh, Tough Jam stuff right and that's kind of been his solo project but then when kind of the Lost Years started um, he released this DIY for UEP um, very much kind of in his style and uh, and yeah the, the nerds were kind of loving it. Um, it, 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 on, it was going off on Uptown about this, this EP when it came out and Feeling High was the, the standout from the DIY for UEP and, and I think it's just good to talk about how Carl Brown has like surfed Garage over the years um, you know, he had the the kind of uh, what is it? Is it the Too Tough for You uh, record label that he set up? He has Groove School, where he was bringing in um, kind of new producers that he was then helping to make tunes and executively produce their tunes, and then it became kind of Groove School tunes that were executively produced by Carl Brown. You know, a lot of good people came through um, the Groove School. Um, Alessandro is one of them I can think of. Yeah, um, Alessandro's a standout for sure. Yeah, Solution. Uh, it, Solution's tune, Excited, it's probably his biggest tune of all time, went out on uh, on on that label. And that is an absolute anthem. Um, I just think, I think it played a big part of the Lost Years, the whole, the, just the Too Tough For You experience. There was the whole thing with the beautiful um, EP. Um, do you remember that that whole experience where he released uh, uh, the exclusive pressings of it where there was only so many and then you could never get it again and you had to pay like 50 quid a pop for it or something 
cleverly um, done. Well, cleverly done. He done all that, and then he put it out for like a free download, like ten years later or something like that. And it's like, well, I paid fifty quid for this, and then he put it. It was like, say, he's he's a controversial character, um, old old Carl Brown, and uh, and I know he, he he's kind of heavily religious now, so you'd imagine he's very honest man. Um, but he's, he's there's been definitely a few. Um, weird things happening with him, I say. But I say, I think, I think he, it's important to talk about DIY and their place within the Lost Years because they were very part, uh, very much a part of the start of the wonky four four sound that preceded kind of all of that time. Yeah, I think that's, that's yeah, fair point. I mean, the first thing that jumps out at you when you hear the, the intro for that is, is how it's not, I was going to say ironic. It's not ironic at all. How how tough it is. It, you immediately the drums are just so tough. Um, and, and as you say, tough and bouncy and yeah, slightly wonky. And um, yeah, a lot of what followed probably used tracks like that as a blueprint for sure. Um, it's a nice vibe, man. It's uh, made, made me smile. It's kind of reflecting on those times. I miss I miss that era. I don't, I don't want to sound too nostalgic or sad about it. You know, we always say it, but it was it was good times. And yeah, I remember all of the DIY stuff, all of the Too Tough For You stuff. It always had a massive amount of hype behind it, didn't it? You know, I always remember, yeah, one of the things when I when I think back about Uptown, I always remember, yeah, yeah, the nerds really nerding out over all the two tough for you releases. And I wasn't always a massive fan of every one, but there were some corkers on there. I really liked um I had the was it like a blue ten inch press that the tune did with Todd? That was what was that why are you? Was that, was that too um, tough for you release? I can't actually remember now. Yeah, yeah. Was it blue? I think it was, wasn't it? I, I think I had it white label. But that was that was definitely that was one of the hype ones because 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 it was Todd and Carl were fully loaded, right? That was that's their right. alias. That's it. Yes, that's right. So the, yes. the fully loaded tune that everyone wanted was the Kelly LaRock one. Um, roll with it. There we go. Yeah. Everyone wanted that tune because it was just and it and it wasn't because it was the best tune ever. It was it was all right, but it was because it was unobtainable. It was one of yeah. them tunes and. That was, I think, that tune was the tune that made me realise how much of a nerd Duncan Powell is. Duncan, <laughs> absolutely love you. I remember reading <laughs> your breakdown of all of the different versions of Roll with It that you'd ever heard, and the different verse changes that they'd made across the different versions that they'd released. Like that is some top nerd shit. Like you, you're taking some notes, bruv. Um, and and I respect you so much for that. Um, to, 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 after that they came up with yeah y, YOU was a 10 inch press or was it a 10 inch it was a 10 inch on a 12 wasn't it? it I think it was a 10 inch on a 12 yes it was literally like so one of them ones where they pressed it in the middle and it was flat on the outside and I had to go up what was what was the record shop that was right in the middle of the city City Sounds was that it? I remember I had to go up there one day and I met all of the garage nerds to buy that record because um, that was the only place you could buy it. <laughs> um, and it was like, I think Streaky was up there and LP and all of the, all of the Uptown Bods. Solution was probably there as well. And I think Todd was at the shop. If I remember rightly, Todd was at the shop. And we went there. And then what I remember happened after that was we went to Weatherspoons. We drank Turbo Shandies. I got so fucked up. I had to, go, <laughs> I had to leave. And I think I was in bed by nine o'clock because I was just so drunk. But you know, I, I would have been going to say I, you were so pissed you lost the record and the way you left the record on the train on the way home or something. Imagine no, that. It's, def- <laughs> it's definitely down there somewhere. I'm not going to go digging it because we're in the middle of a record. But um, but yeah. So 
I mean, yeah, Todd and so that YOU tune, uh, that was one of them ones where after that like, many years later, they've done the remixes to death on that. There's like 15, yeah. 20 remixes of that tune, <laughs> which is completely unnecessary because you can't beat the original. The original is such a wicked tune. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I say, that just further shows how much a part of the Lost Years Carl Brown was really, right? For sure. For sure, yeah, definitely. It was As you say, it was there, there throughout. And, um, uh, you know, especially at a time as well, you know, because Carl, Carl's got a lot of clout behind his name. He did massive things in the late 90s. And a lot of the people who, who kind of did good things just up and ditched Garage without a second thought when, when you know, when things went to shit. Um, but, you know, Carl's one of a select sort of close-knit group of people who was always there and involved and, and trying to kind of give something back throughout. And you've got to respect that, really. That's um, it's admirable, you know. Yeah, I, I think some, some of the Groove School stuff was a bit weird. Um, I've, I heard different experiences with the with, with the Groove School, but the output output from that was uh, a bunch of great music. Um, which is you know it's always good for artists to get a chance to work with a veteran like that. Um, and the output being great garage. Um, but yeah, it was definitely worth talking about. Um, Carl Toughenough Brown's place in the Lost Years. Um, you know he's still he's he's still kind of there, bubbling in the background. He, For sure, he, he, yeah. I spoke to him recently. He, he, oh, you did. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say he still rings random artists in the background quietly, and you're just like, yeah, fuck it, oh yeah, he spoke to him, yeah. Name drop, name drop, name drop. Um, so yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Um, that one, uh, last year's last year's waffling, always fun. Let's move on to this month's gassing topic. Uh, you you highlighted Rob. Uh, the, the the swathe of new UKG playlists cropping up yeah. on the dreaded streaming services. It's a good look. <laughs> it's a good look. I mean, I mean, particularly the one that kind of really um, kind of caught my attention uh, was Apple um, implementing a new UKG playlist, um, which I think is speaks volumes about what Apple Music perceive the potential in new garage to be. Um, you know, historically, a lot of these for, uh, formats and, and sites and, and stuff um, were, were primarily focused on old school garage, if they had a garage bit at all. Um, and I know there's been chatter over the years. I remember Impact sort of campaigning for Apple to implement garage as a genre, um, you know, because he was distributing some stuff and was just like, it's no good me just listening to it as electronic. How vague is that? And if you distribute it as house, it just gets lost among a kajillion house releases every week. Uh, and that was some time ago. I remember him sort of posting on social media and, and tweeting to Apple and stuff. And and here we are years down the line, 2022, or I should say 2021, really, because I think they implemented the playlist tail end of last year. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a good look. I, I, I said to you before we went on air, they picked up one of my releases, uh, the, the Snowfall release on, on Nouveau, uh, which I subtly uh, gave a tongue-in-cheek plug to earlier uh, they picked up that for the new ukg playlist uh, and historically i've found that my releases have been perhaps because there you, there isn't that sort of garage bracket on on there I'd, I'd found that a lot of my releases just kind of fell by the wayside even ones that were kind of gaining a bit of traction maybe selling a few units or or were getting playlisted on spotify i just did nothing on apple music and i would get my apple music for artists thing come through every week if you've got an apple music for artist profile you know what i mean you get basically a summary of your activity at the end of every week and every week it come through and i might have i don't know 100 plays if i was lucky on there you know talking real small numbers um they picked up my snowfall release 
uh, a couple of weeks back and now I'm getting sort of a couple thousand a week, which, yeah, you know, granted in the grand scheme of things is still small numbers compared to what a lot of people are doing um, and what a lot of people are doing certainly on other platforms. Uh, but but it's basically a, a 20 times uptake overnight just on the basis that Apple have implemented a playlist that kind of gives the nod to New Garage and goes, you know, there's New Garage that's worth listening to. And it shows you that enough people are obviously listening to that playlist that, that they were right to implement it. You know, if they can talk about that sudden jump in numbers. Um, but, you know, when you when you when you've got a release forthcoming on Amazon now, you can always put that you can put that forward for playlist curation for their new garage playlist as well. Spotify have one as well. Um, it's not routinely updated as frequently as I would suggest it probably should be. And I feel sometimes it misses the point, but it's certainly still a good look um, that, that any of these platforms, regardless, you know, irrespective of what your view is on streaming and whether you want to get involved with that or keep your stuff from going on there. Um, the fact that these big names and brands are kind of acknowledging that there is new garage about is a step forward because, you know, we just discussed the lost years there, uh, a time where people, you know, just weren't aware of garage. And I mean, you, you tweeted up recently, didn't you? A link to some blog post about the history of garage, which went from 2003 <laughs> to 2018. Uh, is, and it's a perfect summary of what, you know, you and I and, and, and myself, especially as an artist who's been churning away and trying to get tunes out there for, for the better part of two decades now, has been experiencing for that whole time with people, you know, will routinely turn around and the first thing they have to say about garage is, yeah, but the old garage is better, isn't it? Oh, I prefer the, new, I prefer the old garage. Oh, this new stuff's rubbish. And, and those people weren't even listening to the new stuff and didn't even know that actually half of the people that were making it were making it and making it to the quality they were. But it basically just existed for a small group of a couple of hundred people who were, who were, were the scene TM at that point in time. So it's nice. Uh, it's, it's nice now that there, there is a bit more of a platform, you know, I mean, we're not talking about daytime radio, are we necessarily? Although I do seem to every time, every time I turn kiss on these days and I must give majestic props because I can only assume that it's his input to a degree. There is some, garage remix of a current track getting played you know it's quite a frequent thing now i don't know if I, I don't make a point of listening to kiss it doesn't really fall in line with my musical tastes much these days but whenever i do get into the car and i flick and i end up on kiss then invariably if i'm on there for 10 15 minutes there'll be a two-step mix of something that's doing the rounds or you know sometimes there'll be a two-step track by some hyped up mc from the new generation i don't always necessarily like it or get on board with it but i'm like oh that's cool it's a good nod for the garage to be getting represented in some context even if it's not the people making the kind of underground stuff per se um yeah and i'm waffling you're looking rather no, so i don't just, know whether you just had too much so drink much, boring there's, you they're so, not boring <laughs> me at all mate there's so much to unpack like the the two-step on kiss i'm just thinking about the whole just just uh the discussion of the gentrification of uk garage and the people yeah, making sure. uh because like, even my missus right played a tune in the car the other day by lost girl um, I can't remember what it was called, but it basically came out last year. And I've, I've played other stuff by Lost Girl because it's like they do two-step bits, and uh, and it was some two-step tune that she'd been listening to on her Apple Music um, that she'd discovered on there for for a while, like since the middle of last year. And I'd never heard it before because it hadn't come up on Juno, and that's where I l- learned. And I wasn't following her on SoundCloud, so I didn't hear it there. But um, yeah, there's there's lots of kind of yeah that those garagey sounding bits definitely out and about in in a pop sense, um, in in pockets. But yeah, that that article you mentioned as well, just to go back to that, um, that was hilarious, where it was just like, so solid crew, smash cut, 
conductor exists. It's like, hang on, where's all of this other stuff that happened in between that? Like, there was definitely stuff between so solid conductor. That is not like, you know, prop, like, good, good luck to conductor, mate. The, the Crown Prince of Garage is, is the guy that's identified as apparently restarting new school two, three years ago. Um, but we were there doing it the whole time. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, Rob, no one gave any sort of shit. Um, I'm interested in the Apple thing, though. Like, so, you know, Amazon, Amazon having a UK garage playlist, I'm sure there's three people that are really, really excited about that. <laughs> Apple's playlist <laughs> is great. Um, who, is it curation, though, or is it an algorithm? That's the thing that I want to know. Because if it's an algorithm, it's going to be difficult because there's only going to be a few people driving that. Whereas if it's curation, then that means they've got a garage head somewhere that's controlling that. And I want to know who that is. That's, it's well, I assume, so many questions. I, I assume it must be curation in some sense because, um, you know, if it was an algorithm, it wouldn't necessarily pick up a brand new release, right? Because you're not talking about pre-saves in the same way you are with Spotify and the way the Spotify algorithm works. But like Snowfall went on there the day it was released and I've had other tracks that I've released with other labels that have gone on onto onto it on the day they're released. So I'm assuming therefore that means that there is somebody in the know. What is interesting to me, what struck me about it is that it does seem to be, and I think a lot of these things are heavily oriented uh, or orientated around what label you're releasing on. So you might have an absolute banger, but if you're self-releasing it, um, it seems certainly from my experience, I don't want to slate anyone, it certainly seems from my experience that unless you're releasing on one of these big labels that's got a lot of clout, um, you're almost kind of wasting your your own time uh, trying mate, to put it out there and I'll, thinking you're going to get onto I'll, one of those. Playlists. I bet you that's PR game, mate. I bet you that's PR because Nuvolve, I'm getting emailed from. Is it? I think Iron sends them out, doesn't he? Um, it's either Media Iron to or, Radio. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does, yeah. So, yeah. so, so you know, I, I'm getting my Nuvolve all the time through them, and Iron's going to be connected to someone that probably works at Apple somewhere. You know, it, like a lot of people question the value and legitimacy of these promo lists that you can pay for to get your tunes out there. And then you say things like, I've got a label with weight. Nuvolve's not been around as long as Riddler. Why is it? Is it just purely because it's EZ's label? Or is it because they're also playing the PR game? Like, yeah, if it was purely just EZ's label, he wouldn't have to pay Iron on every release to put it out there. And, you know, and they say you've got to speculate to accumulate, all that sort of shit. Yeah. So. It's a shame it is that, I mean, it's, it's true. And I mean, we had a sort of brief conversation, didn't we, about speculation to accumulate in, in another context. It's, it's, I mean, it is what it is. It's, I think it's always that been, been that way to a degree. It's a bit of a shame if, you know, if that is the case. It, it's a bit of a shame that it's like that and that it's not purely on the merits of what's good music. But I'm, I'm well aware that I'm being very idealistic in, in, in saying that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a shame because for every great track that's on a, on a Wicked label that gets picked up for a playlist like that, guarantee you there's 10 that are wicked but aren't on a big label and, and just fall by the wayside and that's essentially what, a summary of what happened with the lost years right what we were just talking about um nobody had any clout you know there were there were people there were names there there were names there but there were very few people that had any clout outside of the scene um and and, and yeah it just ended up in a position where these tracks just kind of disappeared into the ether i think you know regardless of what spin you put on it now in terms of playlisting and however it's happening it can only be a good thing that even if not every track that's coming out now is getting picked up and how the fuck could it? Cause there's so much new garage coming out. It's good that even a tiny percentage of it is getting picked up for these playlists and pushed to an audience outside of the usual bracket. 
um, because that invariably and inevitably will bring in people that will go, oh, I quite like that. I'm going to go looking. Well, you one would hope it would bring in people that hear something they like on that and then go looking for s- similar stuff. Uh, and with algor- algorithms being as good as they allegedly are, that should, in theory, apparently mean that they end up chanting across stuff by similar artists like yours truly, like our peers and the people we talk about and plug on the podcast. Um, we just got to wait until oh, Apple released their Jazz Step playlist, mate, and then that's when absolutely that's when the big mate, I'll, bucks I'll start, rolling in. I'll start working on them for it. Do you know? I don't know if you saw my post that I put out actually, um, where because obviously he said um, New New Volve got behind Snowfall and released that, and he said um, obviously plays the New Volve releases on his New Volve music show. Funnily enough, um, and played. Snowfall and gave it a lovely little plug and, and big up EZ, um, long time support. I got a lot, of, lot of, lot of love and respect for EZ, um, but I was so over the moon that not only did he play the tune and, and have some nice things to say about it, but he actually used the phrase jazz step when he was talking uh-huh. about it. I think he said something to the effect of, you know, Phonetics is here with some of that lovely jazz step and this is a corker. And I was just sat here with a massive boner going, yes, <laughs> yes, this is it. I feel like if, if, if Jastip as as a term ha- didn't have any legs beforehand, I feel like EZ name dropping it on his show legitimised it in some form. So, um, yeah, it's a good look. <laughs> Jastip boner is now the phrase stuck in my throat, in my, in my head. I, I think why. we just came up with the, with the, uh, the episode name, didn't we? Jastip boner. Jastip boners. Yeah. Title. Right, fine. <laughs> right, mate, you've locked it in. You've locked it in. Uh, all right, look, let's. Um, do, do, we, we, we're running at one twenty-five. So, do we talk about Kanye West or do we go into the feedback? I think we can briefly touch on Kanye West because I'm kind of acutely aware that that's not a sort of garage-specific discussion, and we can kind of gloss over that and, and briefly discuss it. I mean, I was amazed. Can right? you dig it? Because, because, yeah, can can you dig it? I mean, obviously, we're we're watching at the moment an artist lose his mind in real time, and that's not why I'm bringing him up. Um, Social media is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And my missus is literally reeling shit off of Instagram of what he's saying. And it's like, oh my God, this guy is literally mental. The thing that interests me was the trending topic. He is uh, at war with all of the streaming platforms. Like, he, he, him and Scott Diaz, you know, they are just brothers at the moment uh, in terms of just hate Spotify, Apple, Amazon, the lot. They are the, the, the devil. Um, his new album Donda 2 he's going to release exclusively on the most exclusive platform you've never heard of the stem player um, uh, you know developed by Yeezy technology from what I understand and it's a a $200 and I quote feels like a sex toy uh, Bluetooth speaker with touch controls on and literally you, you can remix sounds on the fly it's called the stem player because you supposedly play these stems through it and you can touch them to turn up the, the volume up and down of all of the tracks and then you can loop them and reverse them. And, you know, it all looks very, very cool. And no one wants to do that with their music. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to be the most <laughs> lunatic, stalkerish fan to be that engaged with an artist to want to do that. That aside, it was just interesting to me that Yeezy had, had found, you know, Fuck Spotify, I'm going to make my own music player and release exclusively on that. That is taking the platform wars to a next fucking level. Um, I don't know how you saw the whole thing. It's a fucking bold move. I mean, I I, I don't want to sit here and question Kanye West's business savvy because the geezer's 
he's a billionaire. Is he, he's a billionaire, I think, is he not? No idea. He, he's obviously he's obviously made some savvy decisions along the line. <laughs> Maybe he knows something that we don't. I don't know. It seems a bold move to me. Um, I don't know. Let's see how it plays out. It'd be interesting to see at, at what point distributors start emailing their artists, offering them the opportunity to get on board with that and who's going to get on board with it. I certainly give it a go. I'll give it a punt if he's if he's going for it. I I mean, there will be people, won't there? There will be people that will go for it. That's the thing. We laugh about it. There definitely will be people that will go for it. The question is, how many people are going to go for that? Because two hundred quid's a steep price tag purely to support Kanye, but he will have his diehards. Um, I guess it depends really what other artists get on board with it. I mean, Jay Z and Beyonce effectively tried something similar with Tidal, right? That didn't really take, and there was not really the same outlay there. That there is with this. Well, um, this is the other thing. Maybe they approached it the so, wrong way. So, maybe they approached it the wrong way. Maybe he knows something they didn't. Know. So I heard that he released one of his albums exclusively on Tidal. So then all of these Yee fans turned up and subscribed to Tidal to hear their album. Tidal. Right? And then literally a week later or 10 days later or saying he released it everywhere else. And it's like, all these people oh. are like, I've just signed up to this fucking bollocks. And now you've released it everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, you know what's going to happen with this? It's going to be Donda 2, exclusive to the stem player. All of these pricks are going to buy this thing. And then a week later, it's going to be, you know, available on iTunes, probably. Who knows? It'll be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, I, I, I would use the, I mean, obviously a very different example to use, but the, the I'm trying to think what the last JME album was called. Uh, for the life of me, it's, the name of it's gone from my mind. But for ages... For ages, you could only buy that on CD, couldn't you? No, I was idea. one of those people. I, I went because I'm a massive JME fan, and that album is the tits. If you like Grind, that album is the absolute tits. I know a lot of people say JME fell off. He fucking didn't. He's smashing it still. But he released that, that last album that was available on CD for fucking ages, and he stood by that and he kept to it. And you could only get that album if you bought it on CD. It did eventually hit Spotify, but it, we're talking like it was like six months or something like that. Um, and I think if Kanye can stomach it and hold out for that long, then obviously. He's going to have a certain core of his fans that will go and buy his his little device. But ultimately, it's uh, you know I think you kind of touched on it when you're saying if if it does then come out on other platforms, it's almost disrespectful to the people that have kind of taken taken that that stance and, and got it supported from the get go. I mean, I feel bad enough doing a deluxe version of my album this this month. Do you know what I mean? I, I've always had a, a a problem with artists who do an album. I almost feel like it's disrespectful to then re-release the album with extra bits because everybody who bought it first time around goes you can't you've just released it with an extra couple of tracks that i now have to buy it again that that in itself seems wrong so to expect people to pay 200 if, quid if for a device if they're, is just if next they're, level, if they're diehard it? fans and the, and they're in that engage with you that could be exciting for them right i guess i guess i mean i, I, I my, my reason for doing it was because i had loads of people moaning that the tracks weren't DJ friendly, so I've I've kind of gone okay. Well, if you want DJ friendly versions, I'll do a deluxe version with that. But you know, obviously, what Kanye is doing isn't that, is it? It's just uh, it's it's his protest move against against the streaming services. And I mean, you got to applaud it really that he's feels strongly enough. You know, they say you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. He's standing for what he believes. Um, yeah, but is he standing for what right he believes? I don't like. I, you know what? I don't want to go back into the kind of streaming platform debate. But when I was reading some of the shit that he was saying, and I'm just thinking, like, you don't care about any of that. It's like, oh yeah, I stand against Apple, but buy my shit instead. Like, uh, not. He talks about getting artists to stand behind it, but but the only person that benefits from the stem player is him. Like, uh, I can't see. He hasn't got a distribution model for the stem player, from what I understand. Like, you upload. You have to upload songs to his website 
and then they dissect them back into badly processed stems that you can play on the device. You have that or the shit that he's made, and that's it. And it's only as long as the website exists that that happens. So this thing is going to be junk tech within like two years, three years. Like it, the website will no longer exist, and it will be uh, an overpriced Bluetooth speaker in in such a short short space of time. Um, it reminds me of. Do you remember when 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 they were kind of trying to find a way to make CD singles a bit more marketable, and they started implementing those flash players on them, so that when you put them into your CD ROM drive, you can read the, you could remix the cases the and shit. You, fucking waste of time. Could, I don't know, yeah, I waste mean there was the that, but there time. was also the those William Orbit singles, and, and I've, I've actually still got the flash players, but they they, they the CD ROM version came with a flash player on it, and you could basically they they market it as you could remix and create your own versions oh, of the okay. track. You could basically you could they basically came with the broke with the track broken down into several stems so you could mute the drums or you could bump up the volume of the drums or adjust the vocal volumes and that kind of it was pretty basic stuff, but it was kind of interesting. And what you were saying in terms of like what Kanye's doing with this player and the stem technology kind of sounds familiar to that. But I mean that didn't really take. And I remember at the time as a real like because I've always been a music nerd. I think once you're music you've always been a music nerd, right? Uh, even back then, and we're talking like late nineties. I remember being, like, "Wow, that's really fucking cool!" And like from a production perspective, like that opens up avenues. And but it didn't take because ninety nine point nine percent of the pop- population doesn't give a shit about that kind of thing. So I don't know. I can only assume, like, if you're Kanye West and you're channeling that amount of money and effort and time into something that you've done, kind of some kind of, I would hope you've done some kind of market research that backs up your plan. I can only think that he's got data or analytics from somewhere that suggests that it might be profitable. It certainly sounds like, from what you're saying, because I haven't read into it in, in depth myself, from what you're saying, it certainly does sound like it might end up being a bit redundant. Maybe it is Maybe it is a reflection of, of his mental state. I mean, I don't know, you know, I mean, obviously, well, we, we kind of touched it before the show, didn't we, about the fact he's bipolar. I, I don't like the fact that that's all kind of playing out publicly. I don't know whether that is being played upon by his PR team, if, if that's part of, or if he is legitimately off his lithium and losing the plot completely. I mean, it's, it's con- concerning whichever way you look at it, because neither one is, is right or fair. Um, whether this is, is, is a side effect of that or whether he does have, whether he knows something that we don't, I don't know, I guess remains to be seen. I hope for his sake that he, 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 he got onto something. If, you know, ultimately, I mean, I know you don't want to get into the streaming debate again, but, from an artistic perspective, for artists and for musicians, something needs to happen. Um, has Kanye got the answer? I don't know. I, I... All artists cannot invent their own music player to sell their music on, you know? It's like... Absolutely not. Yeah. But he's right in trying to do something and in trying to get other artists to get on board with it. I mean, maybe maybe he's thinking at the moment it's his tunes on there. Other artists have to upload their tunes to, to his site or whatever. Maybe there is a forward plan for that. I would hope there is a forward plan. And and, and if, it, if it's done properly... You know, maybe maybe he's onto something. We, we shall see. Well, okay. Some, something needs Let's to happen. Say, it's unity, isn't it? Ultimately, is is the point I'm getting at. If if you're going to make a change and take a stand, it needs to be more than just Kanye West. Let's say that he enables the stem player to let other people upload their stems and sell their music. He's just another distribution platform. He's going to take a percentage Absolutely, cut yeah, from yeah. that. You'll have artists moaning yeah. about Kanye's taking all my money and I'm only getting ten percent out of my stems. Yeah, but what you're describing is exactly what Jay Z and Beyonce did with Tidal, right? And they and they 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 basically said, right, what we want to do is Spotify, but we just want to make sure that we're giving artists a higher percentage cut of the proceeds, which they've done. Um, unfortunately, it just didn't take because by the point they, by the time they did that, I think Spotify was so well established that everyone kind of went, well, I'm already a Spotify user. What? Where's the incentive for me to jump across? 
and high of course, quality, with, with, lossless. Yeah, it's 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 always I don't know. It's in principle what they did. In principle, what Kanye is trying to do is all admirable, and I think probably along the right lines, and something that does need to happen. Um, it's just a case of are they going about it the right way and and, and you know I mean I'm, I'm not slating Spotify I, all my catalogs on Spotify and will remain on Spotify as far as I'm concerned it's a good it's a good tool for me in terms of discovery which is what we you know the basis Every of the show discussion we had before you talk about your release radar the technology yeah, behind that absolutely. to make that happen is so many man hours and so many people it's like it's I was, I was yeah. yeah yeah but I, I mean we, we could argue about it till we're blue in the face the, the crux of it is that Spotify pulled in 11 billion in the last quarter and they paid out a tiny fraction of that to the artists that have made that have been a large part of, of, of making that happen I do fully accept what you're saying that the people behind the software the developers do need to be remunerated absolutely the artists just deserve to be remunerated more fairly is the point that I think a lot of musicians like Kanye like Tanya, uh, Taylor Swift like Scott Diaz are trying to make. I don't think anyone's saying that Daniel X should go to hell and that he deserves a prison sentence. It's just a case of like, look, mate, you're worth however many billion he's worth. Your company raked in eleven billion last 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 quarter. Uh, you've got eight million artists on your platform, and ninety eight percent of them earn less than a thousand dollars a year from your platform. When you're giving Joe Rogan a hundred million dollars to secure the exclusive rights to his 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 pod, podcast, you know what I mean? And obviously, there's an end game to all of that, and there are reasons why all of that is as it is. Um, but the overarching message from artists to the streaming services has always been, look, if this is going to be sustainable long term, you need to be paying artists more fairly. And the crux of it is that they're not. They're, like, There's no way of arguing that they are. They are not paying the artists fairly. Um, Kanye is obviously trying to address that. Jay-Z and Beyonce have tried. Artists have, have, have tried it and failed. Someone's got to nail it. I don't know. I mean, we'll I, see. I know the answer. <laughs> it's you, Obviously, just completely from what you've described, you have to start an anti-vax podcast. Um, and run them, run them at four hours a time. That's that's obviously the solution to all of this problem. Um, good, good chat. And to say the, the, it's definitely a, a hot potato uh, streaming. Let's uh, should we move into the feedback section and start to bring this sucker home so we can both get into bed. I was going to say we got we got less feedback this month, and that's probably a good thing because otherwise we're going to be dragging into the early hours, aren't we? Uh, first up, Baker got in touch via via the DMs. Uh, Top man Baker, we we talked about his new release earlier on the podcast. He he mentioned um, something we were discussing last month, which was the length of tracks, and obviously that goes back to the streaming thing, doesn't it? He says on the whole track length thing, I've made a conscious effort to minimize my track length for the first part of twenty twenty two to four minutes. <sighs> a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> Full stop. The idea is get a solid four minutes, then move on to the next track. It's a catch-22 situation. I love extended play tracks, and he highlights that Danny J. Lewis' Spend the Night is probably one of his favourites. Classic track, good choice there to make. But UKG DJs, most of them anyway, mix super quick, so a lot of the hard work a producer puts into a track is lost if you're trying to appeal to that market, which I think is fair, and which I think I highlighted in passing on the, on the podcast last month when we were talking about track lengths, because... You mentioned about the fact that I love a 4-4 switch up in my steppers, right? And the last drop in my tracks is quite often uh, a 4-4 drop on a two-stepper. And I'll tell you now, 99% of the times I hear my track get played, you never actually get to that bit. And if I mention to people like, oh, would you reckon the 4-4 switch up at the end? They go, there's a 4-4 switch up <laughs> at the end? And that's because every DJ that plays mixes out before that point. So I get what he's saying. And I, th- I don't, I don't, that's not a criticism of the DJs. I think that's, that's purely... It's, it's partly attention span and just linked into everything that is modern life and that we are a kind of consume it more quickly culture. It's also the fact that DJs like yourself 
uh, as we frequently highlight on the podcast, are dealing with such a large amount of music that if you've got X amount of tunes you want to get through on your show, you can only allow one and a half, two minutes per track if you're possibly going to touch your playlist. Um, so that's part of the reason for that. But yeah, I think he, he highlights an interesting point and makes a good point. And actually, he, he specifies four minutes. Actually, if you go back to the original version of Jazz Step FM, uh, you'll see that I was doing exactly the same thing that Baker's talking about doing a year ago because every, just about every track on my original version of Jazz Step FM is four minutes. And apparently that still wasn't long enough for you fuckers because <laughs> you were all moaning that there weren't extended mixes. So now you've got six minute versions. Are you happy? Um, but thank you to, to Baker for coming back on that. And actually, I think if you look at the UKG Fundamentals EP, I think they tie into what he said there, don't they? I think those tracks are circa four minutes. Um, be interesting to see how that EP is received on that basis then. Uh, we'll we'll revisit that down the line. I hope it does well for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, I, I understand I mean, four minutes ain't ain't a bad length. It's 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 That's no a good for a track. Right? Yeah, it's no kind of higo two minute thirty special, is it? Um, so I, I guess the I guess the point of contention for someone like you is: is it four minutes and does it have a mixable intro, or is it like because you know you highlighted last month, didn't you? That if something is too musical or too intricate from the start, then it can start to give you a bit of a headache when you're trying to mix it because you end up with vocals playing two sets of vocals playing when you're mixing. So yeah, there's, there's all sorts of avenues to, to think about with that. But um, yeah, four minutes, as you say, is, is definitely more reasonable. Yeah. It's, um, but then I, I'm, I'm definitely conscious of what he's saying in terms of DJ sometimes smash tunes out real quickly. Um, and you know, if I'm smashing the tune out quickly, there's going to be two reasons. Uh, one reason will be I'm loose on time and, and I'm not feeling this tune enough. To, to care about keeping it in um, or the other reason is that I'm only partially feeling this tune and I'm playing it as a favour uh, that, that's not that's you know what I, I, you know what I've said that out loud and I know anyone that sent me music is going to be like oh this prick fucking smashed my tune out in 30 seconds and yeah I'm a prick for it fine um, sometimes it's difficult sometimes if it, sometimes I, I do I, I do straight up like I feel bad when people send me music and then I don't play it sometimes. And it's like, especially if it's, you know, banging the Gary genre, but I'm not feeling it. It's like, it's like I feel so guilty sometimes to ignore them. So I, I and I, and I want to, I want to push new artists. So I sometimes have to smash it in very quickly and smash it out again. And, you know, if, if Baker's experiencing that, that's for, for starters, those DJs are dickheads because, uh, Baker's amazing. Um, so a lot of it is down to, you know, are you feeling the tune? How repetitive the tune is. If there's nothing really happening at the back end of the tune that's much of a variation on the start, you're going to smash it in and out. If there's no vocal and no progression on the, on the vocal, you're probably going to smash it in and out real quick. Um, but, uh, you know, it all kind of boils down to preference, really. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it, uh, there's, no, there's no right or wrong answer. Um, and, you know, ultimately we found out all you guys care about is getting paid anyway for your music. So what does it matter how long it is? As long as someone's bought the MP3, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> we, and on that note, should we move on to the next bit of uh, feedback? Next one was from uh, Andy Bizzle at Slime. Um, dropped us a message on Twitter, said, good episode of In The Garage, Mr. Brains and Rob Fanex, as always. Thank you, Andy. We do try. Plenty to think on. Uh, that Strictly Flavor seems like a wise fella, which uh, I think we said last month as well. And he always raises a good point. Um, he says, also... And this, I liked this. This is a good question to ask. What's more useful, retweeting dead out links on, on Twitter 24-7 or a regular podcast 
focused on supporting the UKG. Salute, Andy. There you go. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting with the yeah. the, the retweeting on, on Twitter thing. It's, a, it's an interesting point to make because that was, I mean, I, obviously you still see a lot of that with radio shows, right? And if anyone ever tags me in a radio show or a mix they've done, I'll always retweet it or if any, you know. But I, I generally, if I'm retweeting something, it's when I get tagged. The whole, because um, it used to be like Follow Friday used to be a really big thing, right? And people don't really do that anymore, do they? Do you remember that when it was like Follow yeah, Friday and they used to list 10 there's people? There's some 18-year-old calling you granddad for bringing up the history of Follow <laughs> Friday, I would imagine. <laughs> it's fair. Follow Friday, I completely forgot about it, mate. That was so... It's still my preferred, it's my, my preferred social media platform of how, all of them. How many, how many it, follows know. did you ever get off of a Follow Friday? Because it made oh, me feel very, really very good few. to get included in one, but I don't think anyone ever followed me afterwards. It was just all very superficial, wasn't it? And I think that's that goes to social media on the whole. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, to be honest, you know what else has gone that way? Uh, TBT, Throwback Thursday, that I've never done once. Um, that used oh, to be yeah. a thing every Thursday. Never got it. Just because, you know, Throwback yeah. on Thursday both started with T, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, got, that's gone the way of Follow Friday, mate. That's not there anymore. Or is it? Yeah, there you go. Or is it? Yeah. I, don't I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see it like a I mean, stage. Yeah, it's fair. To, I mean, to Andy's point, I mean, yeah, we're a regular podcast focused on supporting UKG. Um, to the, you know, to, to all three or four of you that are listening, um, thank you so much for your <laughs> dedication. Um, and yeah, it would be great to get a wider exposure on, on what we do. And, you know, yeah, retweeting other links. How much benefit is there to that? I, say, I, I do feel like because I don't spend my time retweeting other people's stuff constantly, um, it does affect how much engagement I get. I'm also not great at holding conversations on Twitter, so that doesn't help. But the way that I do support, um, if you've ever been, if you've ever had your tune uh, tweeted by the Slick and Fresh account, that is the last remnants of uh, of of the Slick and Fresh website. It now tweets tunes every now and again randomly. Um, Mate, and it's a good look. That's always appreciated because I see you doing that on my tunes, and I'm always I'm always grateful for that. I mean, I'd, I'll, I'll, I'd love to say that I put loads of effort into it, but it's completely <laughs> just a, a thing linked to if I like something on SoundCloud, <laughs> and it, it does it all, Mac. Yeah, nice, <laughs> low effort, high nice. impact. That's what this is all about, mate. <laughs> Curiously, I wonder if the three or four people that are listening to the podcast are the three or four people that still buy the MP3s. <laughs> the numbers are probably about the same. Um, I mean, going back to Andy's original point, what would be ideal actually is if everybody listening retweeted the podcast and then we would be doing, you know, nobbing two birds with one Johnny, get the podcast out there a bit further. Help us out. Help us out. Help us to help you. It. It Let's take it up to five, it five whole it listeners. Um, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, thanks for getting involved. Um, we've got an Instagram DM there. We've got a, a, a Twitter at ascend as it were uh, cheers bizzle cheers baker um you can always contact us on the social platforms we are always always at in the uk garage you can also hit us on the emails old school telegram styly um feedback at in the uk garage.com you could probably send a fax there as well and we might be able to do that i'm just relieved you didn't mention anyone sending his dick pics again because could really do oh did you just get like a that. c a sea of dick pics just like a wave crap there was zero dick pics I was disappointed I was expecting just helmets flying 
into the inboxes and we got nothing mate don't tempt fate you know full well there is at least one listener sitting out there and has just accepted that as a challenge and it's it's coming it's coming figuratively figuratively and literally um, whilst we plug in in the garage.com in the uk garage.com forward slash recommends for the latest update to the spotify playlist which i will be doing periodically throughout the next week because i'm aware that obviously we've kind of plugged a few tunes earlier on which won't yet be available and we also plugged a bootleg which i'm not sure will be available i'll swap that out for something but um, yeah keep checking back because we we update that every month with the latest in in new garage and it's a good way to hear all of the tracks that we've discussed at full length you have to put the original mumbo number five in there bro mate that is a banging idea <laughs> that would just anyone who doesn't listen to the podcast but stumbles across the playlist will be sat there going oh yeah these guys are picking some good tunes what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah Banging idea, bruv. Um, so yeah, you, you say like the on my um, SoundCloud bio, I, it literally says my email address, and then it says tunes slash dick pic. I've never received one. I'm a little bit sad. You know that amazes me. Uh, see, if I bet if you were, right, here's here's an experiment. Here's an experiment you've got to do. You've got to create an alternative SoundCloud SoundCloud profile with DJ Brains S and a picture of a female and have an email and I guarantee oh, yeah. you would I get I wouldn't even have to request dick you wouldn't pics, even get nah. you wouldn't get any promos you just get nothing but dick pics That's it. it'd be a, 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 yeah. <laughs> check out <laughs> these nuts the, records uh, yeah. I do feel for the fairer sex just getting inundated with, with in you know in uh, what's, the, what's, the, what's the phrase I'm looking at um, unwanted dick pics Frequently. Uh, it must be. Is a any dick pic ever unwanted, Rob? That is the question. That is a philosophical question that we can leave this episode ending on. Um, it does seem a good point to leave it. Yeah, we we, it's the, the, we ask the important questions. You know, I think we've been running long enough, and obviously, the bottle of Buffalo which, Trace has been going down. I think we've been running long. I think we're long enough. Was quite a good phrase to follow up a discussion about dick pics with. Let's leave it there and see what we get in our inbox. Check <laughs> us out uh, in the UK garage.com, <laughs> in the UK garage, in the UK garage on all the socials. Um, we'll be back, I guess, in a month's time. Rob, mate, been great catching up with you uh, as always. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure, mate. For sharing your You're evening, welcome. and I hope you don't get divorced after this. I really do. <laughs> well, it's only just gone midnight, so. Uh... We'll see. If I'm looking a bit somber next month's episode, you know what happened. <laughs> if it's if it's just after midnight, you've got to pump up Thriller <laughs> to the top of the volume. She'll love that. She will. All right. Um, let's leave it there. Nice one. Um, nice one, Rob. And see you next time. Take it easy, mate. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, thank you. And <laughs> let's get the jingle on somehow. I, You know what? I would love to get the jingle on if I knew what I was doing. Big up. Later. You get me? the garage with phonetic and brains. <laughs>